Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists you found the groom pod welcome to our virtual salon my name is Susie, and i'm your host i'm a mobile groomer from seattle washington and anyone who knows me will tell you i love to talk especially about my job one of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show miss barbara bird hey Susie! i survived my birthday Yay! And, uh, <laughs> and I'm looking forward <laughs> to what's up today. Yes, well, what's up is episode 362 of the Groom Pod, recorded on January 22nd, 2023, in Snohomish, Washington, and Tucson, Arizona. This podcast is brought to you by our kind sponsors, Best Shot, Show Season, Evolution Shears, Groomar, and Stazco. And you guys can also be a sponsor by joining us on Patreon or by using the donation button at our website, thegroompod.com. And we got a donation. Another donation, Barbara. Oh, goody. It's Anita. I'm so How thrilled. Generous. I know it. And I spent uh, probably an hour on text with her talking about bathing beauties and products and product choices. And it was so much fun. And then she sent that donation. So I was pretty pleased with that. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about senior pet care, empathy counts, the value of obscure ingredients. And groomer foot care, if we get to groomer foot care, because, you know, we do chat a lot. <laughs> well, I especially want to talk about groomer foot care. I have to introduce the sponsor for what's new. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's, let's not forget the paying customers. Here we go. If you haven't found Groomore, you're missing out. Groomore is an all-in-one software solution for your grooming business. Whether you are a solo mobile groomer or manage several shops, Groomore has everything you need. 24-hour online booking and forms, routing, credit card processing, reminders, Google Calendar and QuickBooks integration, and so much more. And the best customer service anywhere. Shop mobile or house call, Groomore has you covered. And they're giving us a free month. Just enter GroomPod22 in the coupon code. We have a webinar coming up. You know, this is one that I've been wanting to put together for a long time, and I'm finally doing it. It's called Pet Product Safety, and it's part of the Grooming Product Summit by Positive Ed. It's going to be a weekend of webinars in the middle of February, the 12th and 13th. And my seminar is on the 13th of Feb, Monday, at 11 Pacific Standard Time. My goal is to kind of sort through some of our fears and suspicions about products. You hear me talk about this all the time here. But I'm going to do a big overview and breakdown of how misunderstandings are created and used competitively in the pet product marketplace and what it does to our perception of 
cosmetics in general and pet products specifically. And I'm going to bust some myths about dangerous ingredients and try to come to a rational approach about pet product ingredient safety. I bet you're trying to figure out how to actually see this webinar, and I'm going to tell you. If you have a Positive Education Training Summit membership, you can see it. You're automatically in. You'll have six weeks to watch the recording, and you don't have to do anything else. If you don't have or want a membership, then you can buy a single summit ticket at $147, and you'll have three weeks to watch the recording. So go to positiveed.com or follow the link that we have up on our Facebook page, and you can sign up. Yeah, you know, that that's a good price because there's like four other speakers or presenters in the summit talking about everything from whitening shampoo to paw care. It's a very full, nourishing, educational weekend, a weekend of webinars. You've got Angie Coates with product tips and tricks. You've got Melissa Contadiner with aromatherapeutic spa treats DIY. You've got therapeutic creams and sprays explained with Michelle Knowles. And you have our beloved Barbara Bird. Oh, and Tammy. And Chris Sertzel. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Anybody who's not going to this thing is crazy. This is a lot of fantastic product information. And go to the Facebook page, and we'll have the link up for you. I got the crazy stinking virus thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I got you stuck You got home. COVID? I did. I did. And oh, here's God. the thing. They say that everybody's going to get it. I don't think I would have known I had it had a stuffy nose one day and I had the chills and I couldn't get warm and then it just went away and then my husband got really sick and I thought oh I better test him instantly came up with COVID on his test really dark lines on the test and everything and I was like uh-oh there's no way he could have gotten it unless I brought it home because he does not leave the house so I tested myself and I had a ghost line and uh, so I called everybody and I let them have the options of canceling because really I can go grab the dog from a leash and back away and do the whole thing outside and never really put anybody at risk. And since I didn't have any symptoms, I was willing to go to work. Everybody mostly moved or canceled, but I did have one day where I did get to go to work because I was pacing around here like a cat trapped in a cage, just pacing around the house. Yeah. <laughs> too, too many Days at home for you this year. Oh, yeah, bad, bad. It's very bad. Yeah, I did my taxes while I was home, and it was not a profitable year for me, mostly because I had just so much weather trouble and all kinds of other things going on, just like this, just like this, flat tires, you know, the life of a mobile groomer. But I got to do three dogs in one day, and one of the dogs is one of my behavior dogs, and one of my good friend groomers, Sharon, recognized fairly recently that dogs don't like her. And it's true. She has a personality and an energy that is not comforting to the dogs. But boy, she loves dogs. She loves them with every cell in her body. But she doesn't really understand them and she doesn't pick up on the subtleties. 
Therefore, some of her dogs, especially ones she's been grooming for a long time, have a bad reaction to her. And some of the dogs are getting worse and worse and worse. And so she gave me a poodle. It was destroying her how much this dog was fighting her when they were together during their grooming. And this groom that I did on her just recently was the best groom we've ever had. She was calm. She was comfortable. For some reason, Sharon probably was gently hand bathing and massaging this dog. And I, of course, give every dog a recirculating bath. So she was getting a little nozzle and a lot less hands-on. And I don't think she was used to it. And so she'd turn and bite at the water and try to bite at me just for the bath. And I thought, is it temperature? Well, it didn't turn out to be temperature. What it turned out to be was water pressure from the nozzle. And I cranked that way down. And then I put a muzzle on her so she couldn't bite at the water and swallow a bunch of water. And she relaxed. And I was able to use a hydrosurge with low pressure and get the bath done without her going into panic mode. And she couldn't get me anyway, but she didn't even try. She just was like, okay, muzzle on. I guess this is useless. The whole rest of the groom, she was calm. She let me do her feet without any stress. I was so pleased. It made everything worthwhile. It was like maybe my energy was calmer, whatever, but we broke through and best groom ever. One of my best poodle grooms ever. Wow. You know, it's interesting that you bring this up because I had an encounter with a customer. This is um, my customer with the two bearded collies. Yvonne and I groom the elderly female who's overweight they're both in full coat but the newer dog charlie was just like so all over the place and difficult and barking all during the drying and all of this kind of stuff that i scheduled him for the day when dave grooms alone and so dave grooms the other dog by himself well the last two times that this dog has come to the shop he has dug in his heels outside the building and refused to enter the building oh my and then dug in his heels and tried to climb over the owner and not come through the half gate at the counter space and this bothers me hugely i bet because we have other dogs that come like wagging in and jumping in our laps and kissy face and all of this and the people of course are so glad to see this this is a serious situation both of these dogs the female is every two weeks the male is every four weeks or five that's a bunch of money and i've been serving this customer for years and years this is like the fifth dog or something so i heard it through the grapevine actually what happens is that even though Dave and Yvonne work on different days, they encounter each other because sometimes Yvonne stops in to pick up towels to take home and launder, or they text back and forth. And so Dave told Yvonne that Charlie had, again for the second time, refused to come in. And Yvonne was there when the dog came in and watched the problem at the counter. So she told me. When he brought Haiti, the female, in, I talked to him and I said, I heard that this happened again. And I want you to know that I take this very seriously. 
and I am going to, I, here's my plan. I said, will you bring in a portion of his kibble so that I can give him treats right from when he starts coming in the building? See, this man doesn't let me give my treats or any treats to the dog. So it makes it hard for me to, you know, do food stuff. So I thought quickly, ah, oh, we'll use his kibble. That's a great solution. Yeah. And so uh, he said, yeah, I'll do that. And I said, and I'll be here and I'm going to manage and coach Dave through the grooming because something has happened. Something has happened to break the dog's trust of my groomer. And I've got to deal with it. Yeah. Because the in between the time that Dave was sick I groomed the dog and I, I had no problem. Dog didn't want to come in the building, but once he was with me, he jumped in the tub and we he was fine. I mean, I was able to dry around his head and everything. And he's always been kind of touchy about that. But so it told me that I'm reading the dog and adjusting as we work together, but something has happened with Dave and this dog where that trust has been broken and Dave is not tuned in to the dog. He's not listening or heeding. So interesting that you had that situation with uh, Sharon. And my other behavior dog that moved over to the other side of the state has yeah. had no luck with the groomers over there. And he oh. just gets bitey, and they can't do his face, and he is getting shaggy. And so the other appointment that didn't cancel was her because they were coming over to this side of the mountains. And I said, I would be on my deathbed with a fever, and you could hand me the dog in gloves and a mask, and I would do him because I don't want you guys to put him through the stress. We never have a problem because... I started with him as a puppy, and I saw the issues he has. So when I do his face, he has huge wrinkles underneath. He's a Shih Tzu. Huge, wrinkly face. And I'm sure somewhere along the line, they just probably came in a little too close with the clippers or the scissors and nicked the top of his wrinkle. And it made him not trust, just kind of like the, yeah, the English sheepdogs. Is that what they are? No. Why can't bearded I? Bearded collie. Thank you. Bearded collies. The bearded collies. I'm thinking the right color, wrong dog. Yeah. <laughs> idea, though. Yes. Um, so similar, you know, the trust was broken. And I'm able to rebuild it by doing the face in the bath with his head in my hand. And I give him a chance to be ready. And I always say ready. I realize I say a lot of ready. I say ready when I give my bird a scratch. I say ready when I mount the horse. I use that as a precursor to something is going to happen that's going to take cooperation. So I was able to do Charlie, but I was struggling to find a spot to park because I have a generator. I have a trailer. They're coming up from the other side of the mountains. I don't want them to have to drive all the way to my house, which is a little bit north more than really they need to go. So we met in Bellevue, beautiful Bellevue. And I picked a shopping center that I thought would be nice and empty. And it was, but apparently I chose a spot where the security guard takes his break. So a few minutes after setting up my generator, <laughs> this guy who looks like a homeless guy in this big coat comes up and he says, uh, what are you doing here? And I said, oh, I'm just grooming a dog for my friends here who came over from Eastern Washington. And he goes, 
well, you know, this is a private parking lot. I said, I know that's why we're way in the back corner and there's nobody parked around us. And I figured I'll only be here like an hour, an hour and a half. And probably this would be a good safe place for me to be because I don't like to be in unknown spots. And he goes, well, he said, there's a park right up over there. And I said, oh, okay, no problem. We'll go up to the park. Well, we get to the park. There's no trailer parking up there. It's just, it's like the front of a library. It's not really a park. So we wagon trained our way around the neighborhood and found a street to park on. And I was able to do the dog. But you, you want to be cooperative when the people who own the parking lot come up and say, excuse me, <laughs> you should probably choose somewhere else. So that was my week other than being at home. I did that. I did my taxes. I cleaned the bird cages. My horse got a chiropractic adjustment. It was magic. Just a great week. Actually, I went stir crazy and I hope I never get tracked at home for a long time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I hope so. Well, my week was pretty good, but um, sometimes I I think of things while you're talking, and by the time you end talking, by the time you shut the fuck up, <laughs> I I can't remember what that was. But it was another matter. Oh, I know what it was. Okay, I was going to ask you. Here's a behavior problem. You know, I sent you that picture of the woodle. Yes. My little doodly, perfectly marked black and white mixed breed poodle mix. Her name is Gracie Allen. And I have a terrible time grooming her head. Now, I can groom her backside. She's fine. She'll stand still. And, you know, when there's black and white markings, it makes me want to be so much more precise. I want to scissor it so that the line between the black and the white is just like really definite and well-defined. I get it. My usual just swish over with the snap-on comb doesn't get that. I have to hand scissor. So I hand scissor this dog. But when I get to her head, she lifts her head up like looking to the ceiling and then will move from side to side and especially doesn't let me get very well on her right side. So if we try to press her down, she just pops back up and she pulls away from us, you know, and I'm not going to fight with her by the beard. I'm just not going to do that. But even just pressing down on her muscles, she'll fight. She'll just bounce through it and hold her head up just to avoid the scissoring. What happens if you, can you wait it out? Can you wait her out so she brings her head back down? Because that's not all that comfortable for them with their head up. They would probably choose to rest back down in your hand. No, there's no resting in my hand. How old is she? She's young. What I would probably do, my solution would be cross tie with a groomer's helper. That's my next thing is to secure her with the head down. I would also, on your fancy table, drop it all the way down and scissor her from the top. So if she's picking her head up I did that. Yeah, I did see, that. I stood yeah. up. I actually did stand up, and that helped me be able to get the top of her head better. Um, but that's not really where I have the problem, the problem. Problems are getting the side. And, you know, I think I did a good job. The people are thrilled. It looked great. 
Yeah, if, if she didn't have that kind of a problem, that would be a competition dog because she's so stunning in her markings. And um, she, you know, and she could just take an Asian head. That, that face is just the beginning of what I want to do with her head. But you know what I loved is that this kind of, this guy, this guy is from Chicago. You know, this is Louis from Chicago. And, and, and so, and so, and I said, so when he enters the building, I say, ah, it's Louis from Chicago. And he says, South Side. (laughs) (laughs) South Side Chicago, if you don't know, is rough. It's the baddest part of town. And if you go down there, you better just beware of a man named Leroy Brown. (laughs) Sorry, tangent. Well, very good. I thanked him for bringing the dog in regularly, for his accepting my price. And and then Annie tipped. I charge eighty five dollars for this little oodle sized doodly thing. I and I told him I said I just have to add a handling charge on your dog, and thank you for accepting that. And he looks at her and he say he says thank you for doing such a good job. And he says oh you're so cute you're the cutest you know to see this kind of tough guy just melt in front of his cute little dog was just the most satisfying moment of my week i love it (laughs) that's so fantastic so they do a thing where you teach the dog to put their head in your hands and that is an okay for you to go forward It takes training. If you don't want to be the behavior groomer like I am, I mean, that takes practice and training and repetition and help at home. But just over what time you do have with the dog, maybe do it in pieces. Maybe do one quarter of it and then do something else and then one quarter of it and do something else so that you can break the cycle of the fight. Because they enjoy that. They enjoy the fight sometimes, especially if they don't get wrestling at home and, you know, or interaction like that. So sometimes they begin to think it's a game. And especially a dog that's kind of young, try to break it up a little. Well, when they hear my grumbling and cursing, they probably know it's not not having too much fun. You would think, but dogs (laughs) growl at each other all the time when they play. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I do break it up because I can't, Take it. <laughs> you know? Yes. I do break it up. And then finally at the end, Yvonne will come around and she goes to the back of the dog and tries to hold from the rear. But you see, anybody's hands around the head of that dog changes what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? that's the difference and, between you and me. I have to let that stuff go to get to a point where then I can look at that stuff again. I have to work through it with the dogs and you're just going straight to the beautiful finished product, which worked because it was stunning. But I would take the time to do the teaching myself. That's kind of the way I'd have to solve that one, I think. Yeah, well, I'll have to have you come down. I like that. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) You'd love Crazy Allen. She's actually... Just a lovely little dog. So let's move on. Let's move on. Let's take a break. And then we'll come back with Senior Pets Empathy Counts, which is kind of what some of what we were talking about earlier. Already. Yes. (laughs) 
Let me tell you about Best Shot's newest addition to the Ultramax Pro line. Ultramax Hair Hold is a flexible hairspray that can be layered on for a stronger hold. Ultramax Hair Hold Spray is great, but my favorite new product is called the Max, and I won't groom without it. It's a fragrance-free ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It reduces drying time and handles undercoat and tangles like magic. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor or learn more online at bestshotpet.com. Grooming success begins with Best Shot in your tub. Made from the best stuff on earth. Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. Senior pets are some of my favorite to groom because the pressure's off. The pressure is off on what my scissoring looks like. <laughs> the pressure's off on how much hair I leave on the dog. It's definitely one of my areas. I'm lucky. I'm not Sharon, and the dogs like me. And when you start with them when they're young, as they age, it's heartbreaking, but it's also heartwarming to be able to continue to spend your time with them. I mean, I've got some really old dogs right now. So what are some of your tips for doing the senior dogs? This is where I think reading the dog or kind of empathizing, putting yourself in the dog's place. Now that I'm elderly. Oh, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear that. La, la, la. <laughs> I'm really better able to walk in their shoes, you know, because I really understand how noise bothers people who have hearing loss. And I think I just have a whole insight into that, that other people haven't experienced. So like it's changed your perspective? Yeah, it's changed my perspective. And it was brought home to me the other day, I was working with Dave and you know, we have the new dryer, which has full power. And Dave likes to use the cone nozzle. Oh, I hate the cone nozzle. I do too. So what happens? I'm in the other room. I'm 15, 20 feet away from him. He's using the cone nozzle on the dog. And it's driving me nuts that far away. And I'm thinking, what is this doing to the dog? And the other thing about Dave's trying is that he moves the nozzle constantly. So that sort of motion with the cone nozzle, that works if you're doing a deep undercoated dog that you're trying to de-shed, that kind of keep moving it sort of thing. And I mean, I think I taught him to do that, but don't want to necessarily use the de-shedding nozzle and the de-shedding motion to dry on shedding dog. This is a um, huge point. This is actually one of the areas you really do have to adjust as the dogs get older because of the hearing thing and because of the sensitive skin. You've just got to back off on the dryers. And I think the noise thing, as dogs get deaf, I think that's what makes for the dryer seizure thing moments going on because they can't translate what's going on. They don't process it the same way they used to. Thank you. They don't process it the same way. And the noise is just super stressful because they hear that. 
You know, they're not hearing anything. And then they hear this swishing, squeaking. The noise from the cone nozzle is so much higher than the noise. It's not necessarily louder per se, but it's higher pitched. And that penetrates. That's all I can say. I had to go put earplugs in. And I finally wrote down and said, I got to talk to you about your drying. This flat nozzle, this is called the water chaser. That's the name of the nozzle. It was designed to move the water off the dog in a systematic way. You don't need to wave it a whole lot, enough to move the hair maybe here and there, but you wanna move the water like this. And then don't use the cone, cone nozzle for everything. <laughs> he changed. He did he? But I hardly ever use the cone nozzle because I hardly ever do deep undercoat the shedding. I found that the water peeler works just fine for de-shedding. I don't need to go to the cone nozzle anymore. Even when I'm doing a big de-shed, you know, I've got a Husky Shepherd cross. I've got a, a couple of really thick-coated Australian Shepherds. I never use the cone on any of those. I always use the water peeler. And then 90% of my drawing I do with just the cuff. I find that it's yeah. plenty strong for the smaller dogs. I can straighten hair just fine with it because it gets nice and warm. It's canine too. I've given up on the cone nozzles. They're just too loud. They're too intrusive. They are too triggering for the dogs and for myself. I would probably put on the lesser of the two cone nozzles to do a big D-shed butt kind of a situation. But I don't ever use that really fine cone nozzle anymore. As a matter of fact, I should just take it out of the trailer because I never use it. I know. I agree. Yep. What I think I want to do is I remember on my K92, there was an attachment that we used before some nozzles that was just like a gray plastic tube yes. that makes the diameter smaller. I'm going to go to the hardware store and uh, take my hose and get them to fit me an inner cuff. Or your podcast partner could measure hers and let you know what the measurement is without you having to drag your hose down there if you'd like. No, because this is not the K9. Oh, that's right. And I have that piece. I forgot. Gray, and, and it doesn't fit. The X power. Right, so I'm gonna, I forgot. You know, like, and the X power natural opening on the hose is wider than the canine. I need a little bit less diameter. Oh, you're so brilliant, though. Take it to the hardware store, get a piece of pipe. Yeah, and Dave can use that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we did a dog. We did Norman the Norwich Terrier yesterday. And Norman, we call him Normie. He was the happiest little guy, but now he's 16 and a half years old, and he's not the same dog. I suspect this might have been our last grooming. Oh, that's so hard. And it was so hard for me, and it was hard for the owner. Well, we didn't verbalize that, but... He was so anxious during oh. his whole grooming. He didn't recognize us. I did share that with her. I said, you know, it's so sad. 
I'm so happy to have him, but it's not Normie anymore. And she says, I know, he's barely with us at home. And, you know, he's shutting down. And he was so anxious. He was so anxious during everything. We didn't use the power dryer on him at all. Yvonne used the stand dryer. And even that was uncomfortable for him. And I did a quick trim, you know, you got to sometimes adjust the haircut. You have to adjust the haircut and you have to adjust your expectations of the haircut. Because I cannot fuss with Normie like he's fussing with me now. <laughs> the, the saddest part of it was that he, he's lost his cheerfulness. I don't think it's always that happy to get old. No, it's not. So I get that. It hurts. It's scary. Yeah. Your environment shrinks up. It just is tough, which is exactly why we cycle back to what you were saying in the beginning. You really have to tune into the dog's experience. They can't talk like we can, but they do talk. They tell us by pulling their leg away that their leg is sore. They tell us by struggling with the face because their teeth and gums hurt. There's all kinds of ways that they tell us. And unless you're actually tuned in, to the dog and checking in with the dog, you can miss that stuff. And then you power through and then you end up with what you've got with the... Uh... With the, the bearded collie. And you know what? This kind of empathy, valuing the pet's experience has to come from the top down. The boss. I feel really bad for groomers who are working in a high volume situation with owners or managers that don't have the same value of the pet's experience as we do. So true. They're not allowed to take more time to use a different piece of equipment to cage dry, which I can do. You can't. You know, I have solved that problem with the handheld human-like hair dryer. That works just fine. I've never had even the oldest of dogs fuss with that because it's warm air. It's very gentle. And it's much more quiet. And the kind of whooshing. You know what started me thinking a lot about the ear was that I was listening to Yvonne talking to the dog she was forced drying. And she was saying, oh, come on, it's just air. You stick your head out of the car window. I've seen you going down the street with your dad. And I'm thinking, well, that's right. But the air blowing on the dog when he sticks his head out of the window is not going back and forth, right? And it's not on wet skin. It's not on wet skin. It's not high-pitched. And it's not moving around indiscriminately. It's all going back. And the dog has the option to bail out and pick his head back into the window if he's not enjoying the experience. They don't have that option yeah. with us. So it's really not apples and apples. <laughs> it's really not the same thing. So, you, so that kind of coaxing doesn't work. So I explained it to Yvonne. So now she knows. <laughs> Another big deal is balance. Right. We have to remember that dogs don't want to tell you. They don't really like to tell you. They don't like to admit 
they're like really proud old men. You know, <laughs> they don't like to admit that they're about to fall down when you pick up their back foot or what if you pick up one front foot that it's hurting their other shoulder really bad. They don't want to tell you that. Or that they can't jump into the tub anymore, in my case of my lab and the blind golden retriever. They don't want to let you know that, but you've got to pick up on those signals. But you've got to read the mind. And I just really want to talk to shop owners to establish a value on the pet's experience and pass that down to your employees so that you can be accommodating these dogs in a very compassionate way. Yeah. I agree that uh, a lot of the dogs, the changes are subtle and we see them in bigger leaps and bounds because we only see them once a month or once every three weeks or once every six weeks or even once every three months. Those changes are much more prevalent to us than it is to the owner that sees the dog all day long. Oh, 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 you're right, you're right. And I just, sorry to interrupt. I just had another thought about Charlie, the bearded collie. Yes. I saved his life. Oh, my. Well, that's a, that's kind of a big thought. <laughs> so look at when Dave was sick and I had to I had to groom the dog. I was working around the asshole, and I noticed he had two little growths starting, and I remembered that those growths can be cancerous on unneutered male dogs. So I pointed them out to his owner. His owner took the dog to the vet and the dog's got an appointment for neutering on the 10th of February because that's what the vets do to clear up that precancerous growth. So I caught it at the right time. I It was a that I had to groom that dog. I'm giving you a round of applause, Barbara, because that's so cool. That's part of what we do, though. And that's part of what we do. And the owner thanked me for bringing that to his attention. And I said, did you tell the vet that I did that? And he said he told the vet that it was the groomer. You know, like, we need every homage that we can get. Between us and the vets. Every bit of public relations on the good side. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So I think that the last component in the grooming of the senior dogs is what we're talking about, is communicating with the owner about the changes we're seeing and the adjustments we need to make. So if you let them know, it shows, first of all, how much you care about their pets, because I think that most owners know, but I don't think they really know how attached to their animals we are. And when we see the changes, it takes a toll on us every single time we see the pet. And sometimes if you don't see them for a couple months, those changes are so drastic. And if we can communicate with the owner how we need to adjust the grooming, how we need to change, you know, all of the procedures and all the things that go along with taking care of their advanced age pets. I think that it just makes things better for the owners. It certainly improves the dog's experience and it gives us value. So there you go. All right, let's take another quick break and we will be back with an exciting new segment. Hey, Chris Bear Anthony here. 
You may know I've been swiveling for years now with my beloved Evolution shears, but I wasn't actually born with a pair of swivel shears in my hands. Check out our website and Facebook page for our library of how-to videos, or give me a shout for a personalized guide. Your hands will thank you. Don't forget, get ready with your show listeners get $10 off and free shipping with the code GroomPod. What are you waiting for? Give them a try today. Sometimes my clients don't like a walking air freshener. When these crazy people request a scent-free option, I go right to show season. I think that everybody should have show season true tearless shampoo and show season hypo conditioner on hand. Show season has formulated true tearless shampoo with alternative surfactants that are less irritating, but still clean very well. And the hypo conditioner is one of the best fragrance-free conditioners in the market. And if you guys would like to find some show season true tearless or hypo conditioner, go to showseasongrooming.com. Wow. And Susie, got to tell everybody that we are really enjoying the new show season apple cider vinegar clarifying shampoo. It's wonderful. It's great. It cleans really well. And the fragrance that it leaves is very nice. It's light, but it's it's noticeable. It's uh, uh, good stuff. Is good it apple Yeah. I like apple You know, yeah, I like apple too. And I, I, you know, it, it goes well with the Stasco apple conditioner if you want to use the uh, oatmeal apple fragrance stuff. It's uh, a good matchup. Cool. All right. Now on to the new segment. Rumors, take your seats. It's time for B-Bird's Classroom. All right. <laughs> Don't you love it? All right. I do love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the uh, subject today is uh, what is the value of obscure ingredients? So is there a value of obscure ingredients? Yeah, well, each ingredient has its own value, but there's a particular bonus that applies to kind of rare ingredients. And that's that on the uh, Environmental Working Group scorecard, they score very low health hazards because they're obscure. Oh, like they haven't been tested? They haven't been used as much, you know, like the more widely used an ingredient is, the more chance of allergic reactions or difficulties to show up. So it has to do with how long an ingredient has been in service, so to speak, and how many millions of cases of, of application it's had. So it took a little while for Methyl chloroisothiazolinone. Hey, I said that without reading it. Hey, nice. And to show up as as being allergenic and causing allergic reactions because it took a couple of years for there to be an accumulation of problems that are reported. So an obscure ingredient always has a lower rating on the EWG 
health score and the lowest ratings are the healthiest, supposedly healthiest, safest ingredients. For example, I was looking at a shampoo this week. You know, I ran into an ingredient I didn't recognize. It was a sodium loroyal, not laurel, but loroyal methylaminopropionate. That sounds fancy because it has royal in the name. Right. <laughs> so you immediately you think of Ooh. royal jelly, right? Which is like a good thing. So, yeah, but it's just like chemically different than laurel. Laurel and laroyal. Anyway, this is an ingredient. It's a very, it's one of these super mild cleanser ingredients that leaves a soft, velvety feel on the skin. And it's um, rarely used. So it has a one on the EWG scorecard. And this particular company has selected ingredients, all of which have a one on the EWG scorecard. So the value of a less used, more obscure ingredient is that it's going to appear to some people to be a more safe ingredient. Boy, this marketing thing is really, it's a science in its own. Oh, it is. I'm so fascinated. The very first choice that a company makes in launching a product is their marketing choice. Are they going to market to avoid ingredients? Are they, are they going to market what's not in the product or market what's in the product? And this is a devious way to market what's not in the product by using ingredients that aren't in many products. <laughs> that also gives the impression that it's rarer, maybe, or more precious or different. More precious, yeah. more precious, more exquisite. It's just less used and less tested. Very sneaky. Ugh. Ugh. It's sneaky, but it's clever, and it's not a bad ingredient. It's just a less well-known, it hasn't had more testing, it's just had less. So when you see these odd ingredients on an ingredient list, does it make you suspicious? It doesn't make me suspicious of the product so much because I like innovation. It just makes me suspicious of the marketing. So it makes me look at what else they're saying about the product. And that's another whole story. If they're saying no cocamidopropyl betaine, right? They're saying like no parabens, no sulfates, no cocamidopropyl betaine. Well, what they're using is babusamidopropyl betaine. But that sounds so similar. Exactly. The problem with cocamidopropyl betaine is in the manufacturing that they use a substance to create the aminopropyl betaine part. Oh, which is in both of the ingredients. Amen. Ha, I'm smarter Amen, than I thought. Amen, sister. You got it. You got it. You nailed it. It's manufactured in the same way with the same intermediate that causes potential 
leftover toxins that cocamidopropylbetaine is. So it's not a better ingredient. It's just <laughs> doesn't have the reputation that cocamidopropylbetaine has. It, it, so it's babusa oil instead of coconut oil. Now, if coconut oil is the holy grail, because so many ingredients in shampoos are, you know, like that one that I just said, sodium lar oil, mm-hmm. the L-A-U-R means that it has been derived from lauric acid, which can be from either coconut oil or palm oil. That allows them to say that it's a naturally derived chemical because the one half is the oil that, you know, it it isn't even the oil. It's the fatty acid from the oil. Better living through science. There's no significant difference between cocamidopropylbetaine and babusamidopropylbetaine, except that it doesn't have the bad rap. Keep your eyes open, folks. That's what we're here for. In the classroom, we're learning these important things so that we can be better educated and teach those shampoo companies what for. (laughs) (laughs) So mean. (laughs) I know. (laughs) One more quick break here, and we'll talk about feet. Did you know that Stasco has come out with a couple of new products? First, there's the Stasco Oatmeal Protein Conditioner. This conditioner provides exceptional body and manageability and super shiny finishes. And it has a wonderful apple scent that I love. Great in the recirculator too. And they have a new matching protein conditioning spray, dematting, anti-static conditioning, and finishing all in one, just like the original Stasco spray, but with that delicious apple fragrance. Look for these new products at trade shows and your favorite distributors like Cascade Grooming Supplies. Well, I like that Stasco spray, but I hate that spray bottle. It's got one of those thumb sprays or finger spray. Everything gets put into the Florisol bottles in my place. I don't deal with those. My fingers don't push the tops very well. My fingers don't push the tops very well either. Let's see what's happening at the grooming table. Let's go from fingers to toes. Let's talk foot care briefly. So I yeah, have, you know, go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. No, you go ahead. No. Okay, I'll go ahead. I suggested this subject for today because I am having a terrible time with my feet at age 83. And I was for a while kind of blaming my weight, which just certainly is a factor that I'm putting more weight on my feet, but let's face it. I've been on my feet for 83 years. That's the major factor. That will definitely have an effect. (laughs) And I've been in a career that requires a lot of standing for many years, over 50 years at the table, even though the last few years have been almost totally sitting down. But between us friends, I can hardly walk. And my toes are so screwed up that I have toe spacers that I wear, and I wear toe caps, and I have to wear shoes with orthotics. And I swear to God, if there was one thing I would have done differently, 
in my career as a pet groomer, it would have been to do some preventative on my, I wouldn't have waited for my feet to break down before I got good shoes and stuff like that. And a stool, somewhat something to sit on, for heaven's sakes. I waited way too long to start sitting because I have ants in my pants. You guys know me. You know that my pants are full of ants and I can't sit still. So it's always been kind of a gymnastics event. I'm at the front of the table. I'm at the back of the table. I'm underneath the table. I'm over the top of the table. <laughs> but my ankles were ruined in gymnastics and I'm dealing with it. And it became apparent to me that I was going to have to sit down for some of the time. I should have done it way when I started. I should have learned to groom sitting down. I don't know why I didn't. Well, stubbornness and ants. But for primarily, uh, it has saved my grooming career. Saved my grooming career to sit down too. So that's one thing. But if I had it to do over again, or what I can tell you, new groomers, and at any point, prevent foot breakdown. You should pay $200 for a pair of shoes before you pay $200 for a pair of shears. I agree, because everything comes from the base up. Your feet are absolutely a determinator for your back, for your neck, for the way your shoulders work. If you don't have a good base to stand on, you don't have all of that support. And I have to have orthotics too. I've had, I had special shoes when I was a little kid because my feet are flat as can be and now I have no ankle strength. So I actually have to wear hiking boots when I work so that I have a little ankle support there and orthotics. But my toes are pretty happy. I have one that goes off to the side where I broke it and it never attached back to the bone. So I have a floppy toe. <laughs> but my toes are happier than your toes. But one of the important things I learned from the orthopedic guy is you need to rotate shoes. You shouldn't wear the same shoes every day because especially with things like hiking boots or tennis shoes or trainers or whatever you're wearing, they need to puff back up. So I have three pairs of boots that I alternate with and I put different color shoelaces in them or I tie string on them or I just I have to delineate them somehow so I don't wear them this two days in a row. That has helped me tremendously. Yeah, I do that too. I I I have a lot of pair of shoes because I keep trying to find some that are more comfortable. But um yeah, so I can wear sort of tennis shoes for a couple of days. I don't think I don't change every single day, but I change every couple of days. And, you know, I mean, I have to wear orthotics. I was a barefoot person. Were you a barefoot person? I never wore shoes. I was a barefoot girl, which is really tricky when you live in the desert. It's good when you live kind of like beachfront. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> not so good in the woods, though. Yeah, not so good in the woods. <laughs> not so good in the desert. I always fancied myself toe dexterous. I could tie a pair of shoes with my toe. I could pick anything up with my toes. I like to have them available for those types of things. If you were to see my toes right now, you'd freak out. Uh -oh. I mean, they're misshapen. I have hammer toes. They're kind of curled under each other. That's why I, I've got big soft booties on with toe spacers. I got a new toe separator kit. Oh. Called Tenacore, T E N I C O R E, toe separator set. And it's the best one I've ever tried, and I've tried a few. But this has a, uh, a silicone pad that goes on the foot itself. It's not just uh, the little 
spacers that go on the toes, but it kind of fits on the whole foot. So it's more secure and it's comfortable. But I could hardly fit my right toes into the little holes of the thing because my toes are so misformed by now. And I know that it has to be part of why my knee hurts so bad, my hip, my back. Part of it is because my toes are so screwed up. So like, God, take care of your feet. And if you start having a problem, get right on it. One last thing, anti-fatigue mats. For sure. I wore poor shoes. I mean, they were cute. I went for cute. That's me. I'm a girly girl. I'm not. <laughs> I, I went for cute shoes, and I was on concrete floor for 17 years before I bought fatigue mats, and I'm paying for it now. That's another thing to buy. We, go, we all want to buy the pretty shiny, colorful things. Yeah, the shiny, colorful things, colored scissors and, and, you know, that kind of stuff. But really, what goes on underneath your feet when you've got a stand-up profession is more important than having a better pair of shears. Well, you got to take care of your hands, too, so I'm going to maybe take that back. Okay, take it back. I can't take back the ding, though, so it's there. <laughs> <laughs> No, I fully agree. And start early. Don't wait till stuff starts to break down, like Barbara says. Do as she says, not as she did. Absolutely. For almost everything. Almost everything. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for being here, you guys. We're going to call it a day. I'm excited to groom another dog that I've rescheduled from Virus Week because I'm the queen of rescheduling. I never reschedule. <laughs> I never change my appointments. All of a sudden, I've done nothing but reschedule appointments for like two months now. <laughs> Just randomly. Oh, we got to change that one. I have a flat tire. Oh, my. It's snowing. We got to change that one. Oh. But I love it, and I wouldn't change a thing. Happy grooming, everybody. Thanks for being here. See you next week on The Groom Pod. Bye-bye now. Take care. See you. Love you.